Lecture topic. Appreciating the opportunities of Dean. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhi nastafa. Amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Qul hal yastawi alladhina ya'lamoon wa alladhina la ya'lamoon. Innama yatadhakkaru ulul albab. <coughs> Most respected students of Deen, mothers and sisters, this is the first program of this academic year. This is Allah Ta'ala's grace and Fazal Allah Ta'ala has allowed us to continue acquiring the knowledge of Deen. In one hadith sharif it is reported that Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa said that kun aliman aw muta'alliman that either be an alim, a learned person or if you cannot be a learned person then be a muta'allim, be a student. And the third category that is mentioned in the hadith sharif that be somebody who is linked if you cannot be either of the two be one who is linked in some way to those who are either teaching deen or acquiring deen acquiring the knowledge of deen and be one who loves those who are engaged in the learning and teaching of deen for the good thing that they are involved in but never ever be the fourth one that you are neither of these categories because that will lead to destruction so we have been blessed very very greatly by Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala has enabled us to be directly involved in the acquisition of the knowledge of deen so this is to be very greatly appreciated we should be realizing the greatness of this ni'mat and bounty and making great amount of shukr to Allah Ta'ala what is the purpose of this acquiring of knowledge why is this time and effort spent in this what is the reason for all the work that is undertaken in order to facilitate this apart from the day to day work that has to be undertaken by the muallimas by whoever else is involved in whatever level there is a lot that happens behind the scenes to facilitate this, to enable this function of the madrasa to continue. There's a great deal that happens by people who are not directly involved in the day-to-day uh, affairs of the madrasa. And then there are numerous people that contribute towards the building of madaris, towards the running of madaris. The fees are kept to a minimal and they don't cover sometimes even uh, the majority of the expenses, running expenses of the madrasa, let alone any bigger expenses like buildings etc. So now all the people who are contributing towards these madaris, towards building of madrasas, towards running of madrasas and so many other aspects, what is the purpose of all this? Why is all this being undertaken? So whoever is doing whatever they are doing, 
they're doing it for you, for you, for the person who is now in this institution studying, acquiring the knowledge of Deen. So everything has been put into place for you. Now we need to digest this. We need to become very conscious of this. Any person sitting in a madrasa learning Deen must be conscious of this that so many things are being done by so many people for me. That's how we have to link, think about it. That's how we have to digest it. That's how we have to become conscious about it. This is being done for me. Now, indeed, we are not the only person in the whole madrasa. Many others. But each one should be thinking in that manner about himself. Normally, the I and the me is not supposed to be the primary thing or, or something that we use in that manner. There we, we come out of that I. But this is an occasion where we make ourselves the primary thing here. Where everybody else's work and efforts and contributions we are recognizing. And in order to make that become a point of appreciation. So we realize that all this is being done for me. So that I could be here acquiring ilm of deen. So now all this work that is being done the daily efforts being made by the Muallimas, the efforts by our parents in sending us to Madrasa, and then the sacrifices that they make, the financial responsibilities that they take on as a result of this, and then the people in the community, whatever they are putting into it, all the others who are assisting in whichever way, and from the time this very institution and all the institutions of this nature, from the time they were established and they were built up, so many people's efforts went into it, so many people's resources went into it, their money went into it, so many du'as went into it, so much happened in all this time. For who? So again, for me. That's how we got to look at it, for me. Why? to acquire the knowledge of Deen and then so we learn some theory we learn some details of Masail we learned some ahadith we by hearted mashallah we learned some ayat of the Quran Sharif excellent subhanallah so alhamdulillah all this was learned many many things were learned and are being learned so it's that's excellent but then what does it stop there why are we learning? That's another question now. We learned all this and we are still learning. But why? So all this that was put into place, this entire uh, effort that was made was so that we could acquire the knowledge of Deen. But that itself, is it where it ends? Is that the destination? Is that the be all and the end all? No, no, no. That if that becomes just the destination and there's nothing beyond that, that can become a very dangerous thing. On the day of Qiyamah, it is mentioned that there will be some who the Quran Sharif will testify against them. Now imagine they learned the Quran Sharif and they brought about a greater proof against them. And as a result, it will become a very big problem for them. The Quran Sharif will testify. وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا رَبِّ إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا Even Rasulullah will testify against some people. Now the point is that 
that itself is not the destination that is a very important part of the journey this very important part of the journey to acquire the knowledge of the Quran Sharif the knowledge of Hadith Sharif knowledge of Deen, the Messiah of Deen that's a part of the journey what is the destination? the destination is to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala how? by means of knowledge we will get to know what Allah is pleased with and by means of knowledge we will get to know what Allah Ta'ala is displeased with sometimes people are just in the darkness of ignorance so as a result they lose out on some necessary things which they should have been doing but they don't do it because they don't have the knowledge about it they are in jahalad which is no excuse but they are lo- losing out number one on the knowledge and then on practicing on it too and then likewise people get involved in so many wrongs sometimes because they are in jahalad that too is no excuse but now it's a double problem they are ignorant and then they are doing something in ignorance and as a result of that ignorance they don't even realize that what they are doing is seriously wrong it's really sometimes very strange but it happens like for example from time to time this happens people discuss about some relationship they are having with somebody meaning it might be a chatting relationship it might be something else whatever and they don't even realize that this is haram it might be their cousin they are communicating with it might be somebody else so when this is sometimes it comes up in a discussion or whatever so the person is told but no this is not in order so there is a kind of a very innocent defense but uh, that's my cousin only uh, or I am not talking anything else I'm just, it's just a general conversation meaning anybody else it's me but we don't talk anything else just a very general conversation we actually you know, it inspires me to now do some good also that conversation now shaitan what kind of waswasa and what kind of deception shaitan puts people into engaging in a haram now either because of ignorance don't even know this is haram and number three due to the further ignorance defending the haram but not realizing what they are doing so now this is what the point is that by ilm one will learn what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with and learn what Allah Ta'ala is displeased with and then practice accordingly so now it was ilm that opened out the road that look this road leads to Jannat this road you'll fall off the cliff so now the person learnt about the road but then the amal is to walk on that road that leads to Jannat so the starting point became Ilm Ilm brought about the realization and the knowledge of what is pleasing to Allah Ta'ala what is displeasing to Him and then that enables one to now take the right road but that's the part now where the effort has to be made to walk the right road and that will inshallah lead us to Jannat with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala so now the point that it started off with was Ilm now in all this time that we have been here already those of us who have been here for some time couple of years many years some of us we have to reflect that now how much of Ilm I acquired in this time and how much 
amal did I apply on that ilm? Now that was the entire purpose of this exercise. The entire purpose of all those who have done so much and continue to do so much in order to facilitate this entire process for who? For me. We should say that to ourselves. That all this is happening for me. Somebody is paying for the facilities to be running efficiently. Sometimes shaitan puts a waswasa in our mind that I paid my fees. So the fees covers about sometimes under half of all the expenses of the madrasa. Under half sometimes. Sometimes maybe just above half. So then if a person wants to genuinely say that now I paid the fees, so then it will mean paying double. But then that only covers the running expenses. What about the ongoing capital expenses, the buildings, etc.? Then it means we must multiply that five times, ten times. That's not the objective. Money is never the objective. That is why that is never made a, an issue. What we are just merely trying to get across is that that is in no way that we pay everything that is done for us. It can never be paid in reality. In reality, somebody tries to pay it with all the money in the world too, but that can never be paid for. What has been done to facilitate this acquisition of the knowledge of Deen. What the point in all this is? When all this is being done for me, so now how much I should be paying attention to what I am supposed to do, how much effort I should be making to now walk that road, to make that amal, all this was done for me to get to that point. Now imagine everything was done for me in order to, just it might not be a, a suitable example or a very an example that links up, but it might just make us understand the point. Somebody, now the family, they decided now this person now, you know, they get their son married or the daughter married. So now they started doing a lot of things, whereas it should not be the case. A nikah should be very simple and without all the things that people do, unfortunately, which are wrong, which are wasteful, which are extravagant, any case, but somebody now went in that direction, some of their parents, they spent thousands and hundreds of thousands and what not they did and right to the whole world. And the wedding came now, that person disappeared. For who this whole thing was carrying on, he says, but now you all can carry on, you all can eat and all that. Only I am missing, everybody is there, so what? Why making such a big fuss about it? Carry on, let that whatever function you are having carry on. So what function having carrying on? The whole function was about you. The whole invitation and the whatever efforts were made and whatever expenses were incurred was all about you. You disappeared, what's left? Now that we can understand, we'll find it very strange for something like this to happen also to start off with. That now everything was now put in place, but the person decided they're not coming for the wedding, they're staying at home. They, they're just sleeping now. See, something is definitely seriously wrong here. Or whatever, there's a big problem here. There's a very, very, very big problem. Everybody would be either up in arms or extremely worried that something has gone seriously wrong here. Now likewise, all this is, whatever is being done, whatever has been done, and all the efforts that have gone into establishing the madrasa, etc. was for who? For me. 
Now if I don't fulfill my role, then this is even more surprising or astounding or really mind-boggling compared to that person who didn't pitch up for the wedding said, no, you'll carry on. Doesn't matter if I'm not there. So, the lesson for today, for us to realize this, to bring it deep down in our hearts, that all this is being done for me. And what it is being done for me, what I have to do, so that I could walk the road to Jannat. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Karim says, مَنْ سَلَكَ طَرِيقًا لِيَلْتَمِسُ فِيهِ عِلْمًا سَهَّلَ اللَّهُ لَهُ بِهِ طَرِيقًا إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ The one who walks the path of earning the knowledge of deen, Allah Ta'ala eases the path to Jannat for the person. Because now the, the road is lit up. But now you have to walk it. So the road gets lit up and a person still takes the detours and still goes off the track. Then obviously where that's going to lead, it's going to lead to destruction. So we need to digest this, need to bring this deep down in our hearts that all this is being done for us. And we are being accommodated so that we could learn what pleases Allah Ta'ala and do that which pleases Allah Ta'ala and walk the path to Jannat. Now what pleases Allah Ta'ala, what knowledge we are acquiring, some part of it is farz. The knowledge that we acquire in terms of what enables us to fulfill our farais, wajibat, our responsibilities in deen, that is farz. Then there is a good amount of detail which is mustahab, which to some extent is farz kifaya, and then is nafil and mustahab. Mashallah, but the rewards are tremendously great. And we come, we're making all the effort, sacrifice, our parents likewise are making all the effort, sacrifice, so many people are involved in so many things so that we could be facilitated and accommodated to, to acquire this knowledge of deen. But after a certain point, it is mustahab, it is nafil. And we are engaged in that nafil, mashallah, that too is a very great reward, ibadat. But the whole purpose of this was to learn what pleases Allah Ta'ala and then do that which pleases Allah Ta'ala so that it could take us forward. What pleases Allah Ta'ala most? The farais. As mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, Hadith Qudsi, that nobody could لا يتقرب إلي عبدي بشيئ أحب إلي مما افترضته عليه Allah Ta'ala says that my servant cannot get closer to me with anything more than what I have made compulsory upon him. Now, we have come to Madrasa to learn what pleases Allah Ta'ala and then follow that and get to the path of Jannat and get Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. But if we are not giving prior importance to our Salah, then how are we going to get to that destination? Now, this is the first aspect of Deen, the most important aspect of Deen. This is what we have to now reflect upon. What is the condition in terms of my fulfillment of Salah properly, on time, not lazing around with time for Salah, not having to be told so many times, others have to now sit on my head, so to say, to now get me to go and perform my Salah on time. Not that I, Nauzubillah, miss my Salah and make it Qaza. So now this is the very first aspect. If we've come to Madrasa and we haven't yet 
made salah our priority, then we haven't yet get, got onto the purpose of the madrasa. Then all our lengthy details that we will learn, that's not going to help us. If our salah is not in order, our other amal are not in order, we get involved in wrongs. That is the primary thing. That is the first thing. So, what is going to please Allah Ta'ala? That is our point. The first thing is salah. And then together with salah, all the other aspects of deen, but in particular just to highlight one aspect today, our akhlaq. So all the ibadat has to be in place, the other teachings of deen have to be in place. Now in particular our akhlaq. What is the kind of akhlaq that we display? How do we live with people around us? What kind of etiquette we observe? Are we fulfilling the inner requirements of akhlaq? The inner requirements that our heart is clean of pride, of malice, of jealousy for anybody, all the other things that go along in this regard. That is the purpose. So now to reflect upon this, to sit around, to look around, look at the walls, look at the facilities, look at whatever has been provided, all the things that we use and appreciate it and then reflect what is all this for, for who is it, why was all this put in place, it was put in place for me, for me to come and learn Deen so that I may practice on that what I have learned and I may walk the path to Jannat. So this is the need of the time that we inculcate the shukr in our hearts, part of the requirements of the shukr is that we then engage ourselves correctly, we do what we are supposed to do, we refrain from what we are supposed to refrain from, and inshallah this will become a means of gaining the closeness to Allah wa ta'ala. This will take us ahead in life. This is the way that we will gain a lot. In terms of those who understood their purpose, and they understood what is the value of the knowledge of Deen. So just to take one example, one lesson which we have discussed many times, uh, many months back or perhaps one, two years back, Allah the incident of Shaykh Abdul Qadir Jailani Rahmatullahi. Very, very great personality. Very few people perhaps didn't hear about him. Everybody hears about him some way or the other. Now, a person passed away centuries ago, but somewhere or the other his name is taken and heard, spoken. So, in any case, when his mother sent him to Baghdad from Jilan, sent him to Baghdad to go and learn Deen, he was 12 years old at the time. So, whatever money she gave him at that time, some, whatever she could manage to put together, this was meant to be his, for his expenses. Now from far away in those days, traveling all the way to Baghdad, might have been days and maybe months journey, Allah Alam. Now he's there as a young child learning Deen and very, very different situation at the time. There was no boarding facilities anywhere. You had to find some place in some masjid maybe to stay, make your own arrangements for meals. So not a very simple thing, a lot of complications. But in any case now he's studying and his funds ran out, his expenses ran out. There's no money to buy anything, no money to buy food. So he didn't go start begging around anywhere. What he did was, at the end of the day, he would go to where the people used to come and gather 
to sell their vegetables. So some point in the town, wherever in the city, might have been an open field, people would bring all their produce from the farms, and they would all be there like a small market, flea market, whatever it might, be, might have been, and they would sell their vegetables. But now after selling off what they wanted to sell off, many times there will be some, as it might be described, some scraps, whereas every bit of food is food. But in any case, discarded. They didn't, weren't able to sell it and nobody would want to buy it. It was discarded. So now these kind of leaves, etc., of the vegetables, some vegetables themselves of very poor quality would all be discarded. Now the poor people would come when pe- the, these vendors and these people who came to sell have picked up their things and went away. The poor people would come to now see what they can salvage, what they can take something. He would go to the, to the place there and whatever he could collect, some leaves, whatever else he could, some cabbage leaves for example, some things of this nature. Bring it, wash it, boil it and then eat that. In other words, what was discarded, not worthy of being, not couldn't be sold. Nobody wants to take it, nobody wants to look at it also. So what must be the quality of it? How much could that be also? And he would eat it and just survive on that. In this time, he went one day again in the evening to go and see what might be available to just pick up. He sees several other poor people are there before him and now they grabbing from one another because there was so little left maybe. So somebody picked up something, somebody else is grabbing it out of his hand. He saw this and he immediately took a U-turn from there. That there's so little there and these people don't even have enough for themselves. They're trying to grab out of each other's hands. If I'm going to also go, it will lessen what is available for them. So now in this condition of severe starvation and poverty, he is still concerned about others and giving them preference over himself. Subhanallah. So he takes a U-turn and he comes away, comes back into the city and comes to a masjid and he actually had come now thinking that it is a matter of time that my life will go away now. I am so hungry, I am starving to such a point, so weak. I am unable to do anything now. So now this probably is my last. So maybe I will sit here and for a while I might just manage to just remain sitting here, but sooner or later I'll fall unconscious and I might pass away. As he's sitting there, <clears throat> another person enters the masjid, goes into another corner, the opposite corner, and he opens out a parcel and he takes out some food and he starts eating. Now from the far corner, Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jailani is observing this person now suddenly came in and now he suddenly took out some food and he's eating. He sees when he picked up the food towards his mouth to eat, to put that morsel into his mouth, my mouth opened out involuntarily because of that extreme hunger. He said, I rebuked myself on that too. Then how can you do this? In any case, that person noticed me. He says, he called me. He says, please come here and join me. You eat also. So he says, first he felt very, very shy that maybe this was part of Ishraf. He was expecting this or hoping that he'll be called the person then insisted, so now he started eating, taking a bit. As they now started eating, so the person asked him that, uh, uh, who are you? So he says, I am so and so, Abdul Qadir, where you come from? He said, I come from Jailan. So he said, well, I come from Jailan also. So what? He said, no, I have come from Jailan, my name is Abdul Qadir, I have come to study. He says, oh, you are the person I have been looking for for so long. 
when I left from Jilan and came, your mother gave some money for you and I had no idea where to find you. Now the big city, so I have been going from place to place looking for you for the past three days, even my money ran out. And for three days I am starving. Today I couldn't manage it anymore, so from your money which was meant for me to deliver to you, because now I was in a condition of saving my life, so I bought some food, this food I bought is your food, it's from your money. You are the host here. So you eat as well. So any case he ate, then he says that he gave him the leftover food too, and he gave him some of the money that he had brought from his side, he gave it to him, subhanAllah, can we imagine now, he gave him some of that money as well, and then he took the rest of that and he moved on. Now the point is that this great personality, we hear so much about him, we recognize what a great person he was, but what went on behind the scenes, how much of sacrifices they made in order to gain the knowledge of Deen, but then they didn't just learn something and forget about it, they practiced on it, they passed it on to others, so the whole world benefited, and today too we benefit. Now this was the re- reason that it went so far, because they studied correctly, they had their objective in front of them, and they made amal accordingly. Allah Ta'ala opened the doors for them. So likewise we need to, we also need to go in the same direction, we should be working hard in the same aspect that we acquire the ilm of deen, and then we practice according to that knowledge. Inshallah we will see what great benefit it will bring us in dunya also, and more importantly in akhirat, Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala accept one and all, Allah Ta'ala make us the true students of deen, and grant us the tawfiq of making amal on upon our ilm, وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا علمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعادك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله